You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast presented by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 10% off any order. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is a fantastic Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Kate, did you enjoy week 10 of the NFL? I did, but I will say uh, we we had plenty of surprises here in week 10. Um, got my got my booty handed to me in a couple of leagues, but Ooh, yeah. you know what? We we saw some really exciting rookie performances. This was a, an interesting week. I think we learned a lot. Um, I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I was going to say. I think we learned a lot about not only some of these players, but also some of these teams, which teams are good and which ones might not be real contenders. Um, I want to start with some good news, Kate, because we always can use some good news to open up this show, right? Um, I want to start with DeAndre Swift. Yesterday, he was named the starter for Detroit, and boy, did he he, uh, not disappoint. 149 total yards and a touchdown. Looked quick, looked explosive. Uh, What did you take away from Swift's first start? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited just to hear the team. Uh, I think it was Tom Pelissaro came out before the game, said that, uh, we could expect his first career start. I'm honestly just encouraged by the fact that they named him the starter. I feel like that's such a big step, uh, especially for an offense that has been so uh, committed to a three-back back committee. You know, I, right, I think right. it, this was a big deal. So he looked great. He looked fantastic. And I think every time they've given him that that you know opportunity to really carry the load he has looked every bit as much as we would want he's a fantastic receiver mm-hmm. I still think um there we have a lot left to see from this rookie but super encouraging I'm very excited for uh what is to come if you were patient enough to hold on to DeAndre Swift like hopefully you didn't lose faith too quickly because he looks awesome yeah, it was nice to see a rookie running back actually play well this week because uh, we don't have to talk about Jonathan Taylor because we talk about him on every single show. But, oof. Um, yeah, DeAndre Swift it has been really good and efficient over the last six games. Uh, started off a little slow, but he's averaging over five yards a carry in the last two months of the season. Uh, they're using him a ton in the passing game, 27 targets again in the last six games. Uh, we're seeing him make big plays there. We're seeing Detroit use him in the red zone. Uh, it's exciting, and I, I don't want to overreact too much to one game, but this is the type of player we saw at Georgia. This is why so many people, you know, had him as you know the number one or number two running back. You know, just from a draft perspective, coming out of the SEC, because we know how explosive and productive he was. Going forward, Kate, what can we expect from DeAndre Swift? Can we can we expect low end RB one numbers the rest of the way? I, I will say that despite despite the move to name him the starter yesterday, I do still have concerns that we are going to see, um, you know, just some of those occasional games. Like, let's not forget that Matt Patricia is part of the Bill Belichick coaching tree, and we know what that is all about. Yeah. Um, catching opposing defenses off guard. Um, I do worry that some of that is going to include 
um, you know, the the potential for a we just don't uh, trust Matt Patricia. That's really what it is. We don't trust Matt Patricia. No. And, and you know, what? I think so. This is the way that I'm going to approach DeAndre Swift from now on. Um, he's one of those high risk, higher reward type players. Um, if I'm playing him, then I know, you know, I need to go all out. I need to go for boom in my lineup because um, you just don't know. You don't know when you're going to see his floor. All right, and I agree with you. You're, you're you're probably being the reasonable and sensible person here, but I'm I'm excited. So you need to talk me down a little bit. Why shouldn't I have DeAndre Swift ranked higher in my dynasty rankings than somebody like Ezekiel Elliott or Miles Sanders, who's been a little disappointing? Why why shouldn't I have DeAndre Swift as a top ten running back in, in our leagues? Honestly, I think it it does just purely come down to. Uh, whether or not you think he will be a workhorse back. Um, you know, all of the backs that you mentioned, even like Derrick Henry, mm. um, all of these guys that are, are sort of ahead of him in these dynasty rankings, I think all of us are just more comfortable with the workload. Um, has nothing to do necessarily with the player, but I think it's the system. We haven't seen the Detroit uh, offense find much success in the run. Um, you know, they, they play from behind often. They don't have a great defense. I think all of these things stack against him in terms of, you know, what he's actually able to accomplish on the ground and um, how much they'll actually be able to run the ball as a team. But we know when they do, he's going to do great. I, I, I'm leaving him at number five. I've got <laughs> Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley. And then after that, it's just a it's just cluttered with all of the same type of guys, right? DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs. I guess of all these guys, I, I trust Swift to be the most productive receiver, and I think that gives him a pretty high floor each and every week, even if even if the Lions are doing some shenanigans and not giving him you know the same amount of touches, right? I think that's what makes him a safer play than even somebody like Josh Jacobs, who I like quite a bit. Is that fair? I think it's fair. I don't. I don't necessarily agree, but I think it's fair. That's okay. That's fine. That's all I wanted to hear. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about another running back who came back to uh, to to dominance on Sunday, and that would be Nick Chubb. First game back instantly in RB one. 126 total yards on a touchdown. Uh, could have been two touchdowns. Um, how what are we valuing was that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well. I think he was trying to do the smart thing, but I think the smart thing in that case would actually have been to score the touchdown. But well, I it, so can you explain to me what in the world that was? Because he stepped out of bounds, therefore stopping the clock anyway. So really, all he did was just uh, devastate fantasy managers uh, for what could have been a two touchdown performance. Yeah, and for guys that were you know people that were betting on the the Browns minus three and a half. Uh, Yeah, those I'm sure those people are absolutely sick. So I don't know what Chubb was doing. He should have just scored. We all would have been happy, but it's the anti-Todd Gurley. Yeah, exactly. In every way. (laughs) Yeah, in every single way. Uh, Nick Chubb, uh, absolutely dominant whenever he plays. He's probably again. He's probably a top five guy. Probably somebody I should have ahead of DeAndre Swift. But I'm 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 being irrational today. Uh, Tell me about Chubb going forward. Oh, Chubb is absolutely, um, in my eyes, he is one of the safest and most secure running backs that that we have in Dynasty football. Um, and I also concurrently think he's one of the most underrated. 
Um, you know, I think the, the narrative of Kareem Hunt has really lowered his stock, even for those who are, you know, particularly high on him. I don't think we're high enough. Um, mm. I, I think Nick Chubb is, is such a, a value. If you are, um, I mean, you're not going to be able to get him at this point because whoever held him through that, through that injury is, is reaping the benefits now that he's returned. But I still think he's one of the most underrated backs alongside Derrick Henry, um, you know, in, in dynasty football. Yeah, over the last 20 games for Nick Chubb. And again, he's split carries. He hasn't always been the workhorse there, but 1,900 yards uh, on the ground, 13 touches, another 300 through the air. So you're looking at 2,100 total yards over the last 20 games. So super consistent. We know that the the touchdown potential is there. Uh, Cleveland's offensive line has been significantly better this season than it was at the beginning of last year. Uh, just an incredibly reliable player. We know the floor is high because of the touches. Um, we, we, I mean, the, the athleticism there is there. The long speed is there. Uh, just so much to love about Nick Chubb. And I think uh, you, you, yeah, you know, look at the fact that, it, I mean, this offense looks totally different without him in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's what I want to see out of my, my running back. Like the Titans without Derrick Henry. I, I feel like that's that's become the Browns without Nick Chubb. I know, uh, obviously, Kareem Hunt is capable of being a workhorse, but they they didn't produce at the same rate. No, uh, they are, you know, undoubtedly when they have both of these running backs, the best running team in the NFL, comprised of running backs. I agree. We're going to talk about uh, Kareem Hunt later on the show, but as of right now, if you have Nick Chubb. Uh, you're probably not trading him for anybody else except for Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Alvin Kamara. And even then, you might just hold on to him considering you know the, the, the potential upside there. So Nick Chubb, welcome back to being an absolute superstar. We missed you. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come out back and we'll do some stock up and stock down. All right, Kate, let's do some stock up, stock down. I want to start with Damian Harris. Uh, just absolutely fantastic against the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night football. We weren't sure if he was going to play as he was dealing with a little bit of a, you know, a, a shoulder injury. Um, you never know if you can trust those Patriots running backs, but 121 total yards, uh, 364 total yards in the last four games, still basically a zero in the passing game. And that kind of limits his floor or limits the ceiling a little bit. Uh, but what did you see from Damian Harris here in week 10? Holy smokes, the eyeball test. He looks fantastic. Um, He's averaged five yards per attempt in, uh, let's see, five out of his six games in 2020. Unbelievable. Um, He has managed, you know, three 100-yard games, and he's done it on a relatively low snap count. He hasn't exceeded 28 offensive snaps once. Kind of wild. I think that you do have to be a little concerned if you are in PPR league about uh, his lack of target share. Um, You know, we've seen Rex Burkhead take on the lion's share there. Uh, Haven't seen as much James White as, as I projected heading into this season, but um, even, even in the absence of James White, he's still just seeing, uh, he's seen two targets on the season, which is crazy. No, not good. And, you know, especially considering the fact that they don't have, it's not like they have a plethora of receiving weapons at wide receiver, no, at no. tight end. I don't like that. So 
I think his upside's capped. But so what do we do with him? Because I, I agree. I think I mean if he's going to rush for 100 yards every game, he's going to be valuable. But if he's not getting the receptions and Cam Newton stealing all of the red zone and end zone touchdowns, what do we do with Damian Harris? Because I think both of both of us agree that he's a really talented player. I think if I'm a contender right now, um, I I would love to sell uh, Damian Harris maybe for a piece that that might bring me more immediate value. Um, like you said, you know, it, 100 yard performances are fantastic, but if you're in a PPR league, that is 10 points. <laughs> that is not. I, I know. That is not a, a significant amount of points. I mean, look at a, a back like JD McKissick. Who's yeah. just killing it in the, the the targets department? Like, you can find running backs who will see targets. Um, so I think Kalen Balaj, perfect example. Kalen Eighteen Balazs. carries for sixty-eight yards yesterday. Averaged under four yards a carry, uh, but because of the five receptions, he was fifteen. You know, fifteen fantasy points. So exactly, and you can <sighs> you can sort of make up for those points elsewhere. Um, Damian Harris, though, I do think if you're trading him away. Uh, it's it's kind of a big hit to the gut because when you watch him play, he looks absolutely dominant. He looks every every bit like uh, the running back that that you would want, you know, leading mm-hmm. your offense. But we haven't even added Sony Michelle back into the mix, who you know has been designated to return, uh, hasn't been activated to play just yet. Uh, but he's going to be just another another man in you know in, in addition to that. What do they do with their former first round pick? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think Damian Harris reminds me a lot of like St- uh, Stephen Ridley. Remember when Ridley was with New England and he was basically getting three to seven catches a season. I'm basically a zero yeah. in the passing game. The only difference was Ridley was somebody that New England used you know in the red zone a ton you know for for goal line carries and Damian Harris isn't getting that so. I, I don't know what to do with Harris. You're, I, I think his stock is certainly going up because we can see how talented of a runner he is. I just I, I want to know what the ceiling is. Maybe you know, maybe on the next with the next quarterback, maybe Cam Newton's not here forever, and they give him you know more more touches in the in the red zone, and that helps his value. But I don't know. Okay, it's it's just so frustrating because we know how good he is. He is certainly if if you're a contender this year, I think he's a great sell. I agree. Um, let's talk about another guy that you might want to consider selling, and that is James Conner. It looks so good at the beginning of the season. This was somebody who had you know big stretches of 100-yard games and touchdowns, uh, but over the last three weeks has not eclipsed 50 yards, uh, not really being all that effective. Just in general, Pittsburgh's rushing attack has been pretty bad. Uh, so, so James Conner stocked down. What are we doing with him? I, I think you have to hold. Um, when we're looking at just James Conner's overall involvement, um, you know, had uh, has had some down weeks, but I think it's really hard to, to argue with the uh, touches that he's receiving. Um, you know, I, I think finding a running back who does see that kind of volume, who also does have uh, some upside as a receiver, really hard to find. Um, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, they're going to necessarily face uh, some of these tougher defenses day in and day out. Baltimore, tough rush, rushing defense. Dallas, they were absolutely suffocating. And yeah. honestly, so so were the Bengals. Um, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily just a lack of vision there. Um, you know, it, these opposing defenses actually sort of played better than I had expected. Um, 
but I, I think given the receiving upside, you got to hold James Conner. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. The only bad thing is, you know, his long-term status is just so up in the air, right? Because he's a free agent after the year. We know that Mike Tomlin likes Benny Snell. They drafted Anthony McFarlane. I think there's a chance that he's not back. And if he's not back, he's probably no longer the workhorse anywhere else. So I'm I'm probably looking to sell, but I know that I'm probably only going to get 60, 70 cents on the dollar. That, but that might be better off than than waiting and waiting this out and seeing what happens. And if you're a contender, um, guess what? Um, weeks fourteen and fifteen, he gets the Bills, uh, uh, and again the Bengals. I had a bad performance yesterday, but um, you know those the are Bills two, don't scare me though. The, the Bills, Bills defense don't scare is terrible. Me. Um, and that I, I would absolutely love to play James Conner against the Buffalo Bills in my fantasy playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about somebody else from that game. I don't want to talk about the receivers because it feels like we talk about Chase Claypool every single show. Uh, another game with two touchdowns, by the way. But, of course. Uh, let's talk about T. Higgins. Uh, seven receptions for 115 yards and a touchdown. It seems like he's quickly becoming Joe Burrow's favorite target. Um, you know, we, we've seen him in the last couple of weeks have some really good games. The targets are there. He's had... Uh, at least eight targets in four of the last five games. He's gone over 60 receiving yards in, uh, in each of the last five games. Um, what are our expectations for T. Higgins going forward? And is he the wide receiver to own in Cincinnati? I think he's a, a pretty stable wide receiver, too, with wide receiver one upside, honestly. Um, look at the target share. Fantastic. Look at the floor he's had. 77 yards. 62 yards is the fewest he has had since week three. Mm. Outstanding. Um, you know, he, he's got that big body. Um, you know, watching him yesterday genuinely kept mistaking him for a tight end. He's uh, huge. He's and he's huge. slow, but he's huge. <laughs> yes. He is, he is a big, big boy. And you know what? He's, um, he's looking fantastic. When Joe Burrow is targeting him, the, the, I mean, the stats, I don't think you could – uh, want a safer floor. Like th- this is what you want out of your rookie, a, a floor mm-hmm. like this and a ceiling, uh, like 125 receiving yards, 115 receiving yards and a score. Um, you know, they, they haven't necessarily faced, uh, you know, all, all bottom end defenses. They faced the Baltimore Ravens, um, had a decent game. Pittsburgh's uh, not necessarily a pushover either. Um, I, I think he's the real deal. And uh, interestingly enough, when you look at, uh, his his sort of trajectory compared to AJ Green. So AJ Green and Andy Dalton were both rookies in the same year. Uh, yeah. Now you have Joe Burrow and T Higgins, both rookies, um, and their stats uh, through nine games are almost exactly on par with each other. That's we might have just found the new AJ Green. So despite basically doing nothing in the first two weeks of the season. Higgins is still on pace for a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, we'll take that. That's absolutely fine. So, uh, a lot to a lot to like about T. Higgins. What we've seen over the last, you know, really two months now is at the very worst, you know, wide receiver two numbers depending on the game. You know, maybe even better than that. Uh, a lot to like about T. Higgins in Cincinnati. Let's do one more since we're on this AFC North. Uh, you know, talking about these guys. Last one, J.K. Dobbins. Um, Man, it's been rough. Uh, only five carries against New England. Mark Ingram started, uh, only got f- five carries as well. Um, but 
just a, over 50 rushing yards just once a season. That happened to be against the Pittsburgh Steelers. No touchdown since week one. Averaging about 2.5 yards per carry the last two weeks. Um, is it time to worry about J.K. Dobbins? I don't think um, you necessarily have to worry. You have to worry about him for this season, definitely. Um, you, you just don't, you, you just can't start him. He right? is There's not just no startable. Way you can trust him. Absolutely not, especially not as you're getting into these critical weeks of your season where you are starting to clench those playoff berths. Um, he's he's not a startable asset, and that's such a bummer because you know his his ceiling is so sky high. But um, you know he's a guy that if you are rebuilding your team, I would be making offers for immediately because. Uh, Not only, you know, has he had, um, you know, lackluster performances over the last few weeks, he's had just so few carries. It's, um, you know, even without uh, Mark Ingram in the lineup, you had, you know, 15 for 113, but then you had 12 for 30. That should be absolute prime time. You know, they, the Baltimore Ravens won uh, their matchup against Indy 24 to 10. That should have been the perfect narrative to get him going uh, and, and put up another monstrous game. Not startable this season. I, I, no way, no how. Um, but he is a guy that I will target if I'm rebuilding my roster. Yeah, he's somebody that I think we're going to have to have conversations over the offseason because uh, there probably are going to be people that are willing to bail on him You know, after spending a high first-round pick. Uh, maybe they'll be concerned about Gus Edwards, who's also a free, free agent if Baltimore brings him back. Maybe they just don't trust the offense with Lamar Jackson, with them being so up and down. Uh, so we'll have to, we'll have a conversation later about J.K. Dobbins and what we believe his fantasy value is going into the 2021 season. Uh, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you can get 20% off your first box. Again, that is BuiltBar.com. All right, Kate, let's play some stash or cash before we head out. Uh, let's start with Ronald Jones, maybe the most uh, frustrating player in all of fantasy football. You probably didn't start him in, in week 10 after just an absolute stinker against New Orleans where he had a fumble. Uh, so what did he what did he do uh, in week 10? 198 yards and a touchdown, including a 98-yard carry. Um, he has three games a season under 25 rushing yards. He has multiple fumbles. Uh, the, they don't use him as much in the passing game because of Leonard Fournette. Uh, are you stashing or cashing Ronald Jones? I'm 100% cashing. Uh, get him off of my team. <laughs> um, I just you can't trust uh, him. You never you cannot, feel good about him in your lineup. You cannot feel good about him in your lineup. And even um, you know, I I played Ronald Jones in a couple of places yesterday, so obviously I was pumped for that mega bomb touchdown. But guess what? If you were watching him during that touchdown, he looked like he was absolutely running through molasses. Um, didn't didn't look to have breakaway speed. Honestly, yep. just yep. one guy timed his tackle uh, pretty poorly, tackled him a little bit early, just missed him, um, and rest was broken coverage. He looked uh, 
I guess as bad as you possibly could on a 90 plus yard touchdown. If that, uh, if that's, and I'm not trying to be biased against Ronald Jones. Um, He's not. I am. I don't think he's very good. I don't, I don't think he's very good either. And I, but I I keep trying to, to be patient. Um, I just think that even when the, the stats are uh, racking up, it it doesn't seem to uh, correlate with what I'm seeing with my eyes. Mm. I'll get rid of him. I, yeah, I'm done. It, it, I, I agree. If you let, let's talk about a different guy because I think this one's interesting. Uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, this is a different situation than what Ronald Jones is because he is the clear number two in Cleveland. But all he does is produce. Uh, yesterday, 132 total yards on the season, despite being a starter some weeks and you know a part-time guy the other other weeks. You know, he's at almost 800 total yards and seven touchdowns through nine games. Uh, I think he's just a fantastic player, but the usage is going to be inconsistent week to week. Now, we do see the the Browns use him in the passing game, and that does help the floor a little bit. Even yesterday, three catches for 28 yards. You'll take that. Um, Are you stashing or cashing Kareem Hunt now that Nick Chubb is back? I'm actually stashing. Um, I do think that Nick Chubb, uh, we saw a very different run game when it was just Kareem Hunt. They operate so well as a one-two punch. Uh, I, I think you know Nick Chubb's return is actually a, a positive thing for Kareem Hunt. Uh, I think there are going to be more scoring opportunities for the team. Uh, I think that'll put Kareem Hunt in places where uh, he will have more scoring opportunities. Um, and I think they complement each other well. So you know where Nick Chubb, you know, might see more of the the goal line touches or you know those prototypical goal line touches. Uh, we see Kareem Hunt utilized as a, a receiving weapon in the end zone too. Um, so they yeah. they each have sort of carved out, I think, a, a distinct enough role within the offense um, that I like both of them together. And I, I think that this is actually a, a positive thing for, for Kareem Hunt. Yeah, so Hunt has now played 17 games with the Browns. He's about over 1,200 total yards, 10 touchdowns. Uh, 58 receptions, which, you know, that's incredible for a backup running back. So is it fair to call him a low-end RB2 the rest of the way and then into the 2021 season? I think so. And, I, you know, this is still a guy that uh, I'm perfectly willing to to try and make some offers for. If there's somebody who is uh, in a panic about, you know, Nick Chubb, you know, returning to the lineup. Why would you? The, ta- after- the talent situation is so good, right? Yes. It, it, there's so many different offensive pieces that they can roll with in Cleveland. But I do think that you've got to be, you've got to be hyped for Kareem Hunt. Um, and, you know, I think just considering the uh, receiving ability and his usage in the passing game, that low end RB2 is like his floor. Uh, you know I, he has yeah. RB1 upside. I agree. I, I'm, I'm buying Kareem Hunt. I just think he's a good player and he's in a scheme that works for him. Um, let's talk about another Browns player before we go. Uh, Jarvis Landry, another another rough game. No games this season above 90 yards. Uh, no touchdowns yet. Uh, over the last 14 games, he has just one touchdown. Uh, not, I mean, one, one receiving touchdown. He does have a passing touchdown. Against Dallas that I'm still a little bit bitter about. But, uh, again, last 16 games, you know, you're looking at 900 yards, couple touchdowns, you know, the reception totals just aren't there. Stashing or cashing Jarvis Landry, Kate? 
oh, this one's tough because I, I think the the player is still um, he's still Jarvis Landry, still has all the potential in the world. But um, even when we have seen the offense ticking and ticking well this season, we have not seen uh, that connection between Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield as we have in years prior. No, I said it's it's just it's not good. I just. I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland eventually moves on from Jarvis. It just doesn't seem like it's quite the right fit with Baker Mayfield. You know, maybe they try to get out of that deal or they try to trade him. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I'm not I'm not a believer in Jarvis Landry. Now he's coming off some, some big injuries. You know, he, he'll be 28 here later this month. It's probably over as for Jarvis as a high-end wide receiver too. He, I think he's at best a flex play now. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, if you are in the position where – you're wondering what to do, you know, hold him until he does have uh, one of these breakout games and it might not be the season. Um, But I do have faith that, you know, he, I I think he's a talented enough wide receiver that you are going to see uh, production from him at some point. You're going to see a multiple touchdown game at some point. Um, And I just won't happen in your starting lineup. I I almost guarantee it. Yeah. You you just need to make your peace with that and, and sell him as soon as he does. I agree. Uh, so long, Jarvis Landry. It was it was nice while it lasted. Uh, I always had fun watching Jarvis Landry, but no longer somebody that you want in your starting lineup. That is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.